Hey, I'm going to be awesome today. Is that all right with you guys? Welcome to the Extra Podcast. This is episode number 277. My name is Greg. I am your host today. And it's great. It's great to have you listening to the Extra Podcast. Do you know who you remind me of? Who's guys, that, Andy? Do you guys remember? I can't even remember his name. The guy who used on PBS used to paint those paintings. Bob Ross? Yeah, that had the pet squirrel. This is a little guy. happy Do you remember right me? Here. Remember that guy? Fantastic. Anyway, hey. I'm just going to put a little happy cloud. <laughs> this tree right here, this tree, this has this tree has opinions on life. Its opinions on life is that things are going well. Hi, Greg. Jeff's here. I am. Uh, Andy's here. Thanks Andy's for introducing here. me, Greg. Sure. Gosh. Ezra's here. Hello. That wasn't Actually, bad. He's, he's not here. <laughs> that wasn't bad, though. That, hey? that was close. We were expecting Ezra to be here today, but he's decided not to come. He must be having a special meeting somewhere. Somewhere. If you ever, if you ever want to have a meeting with Ezra, it will last a long time. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want it to. No. If you, you'd be thinking, well, you know, I could probably take care of this issue in about 25 minutes. Nope. Ezra's going to make sure that it's going to be an hour and a half. I remember my first time ever meeting Ezra. He told me a half hour story. <laughs> had nothing to do with what you're that talking was, about. That was the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> people, kind of like this podcast. People are going to start missing Ezra. He hasn't been on the podcast I in know. what, months? No, you know. We were trying to, listen, it's not It's not our fault. We tried to get uh, We tried to get Ezra on the podcast. He's chosen to, uh, to refrain. As many of you have, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, here... I was starting to read an email from a listener. Okay. Are we jumping it. right into it? No, no. This is can a little, we, can I, the, the, the World Series is happening. I know. Though, this is tonight. connected. Okay. So they say, they addressed it to you, Jeff, because the rest of us, it doesn't really matter what we think. Jeff, as a big I'm M's fan here <laughs> and a fellow hater of the Jays, could you please give us a count whoa, whoa, whoa. on I'm how the hater? office is feeling now that the Jays have been taken out of the series what's the office vibe like now well you should know that i wore my shirt my blue Jays shirt the day after they after they lost and i walked around the office and people were not very happy with me wearing my Jays shirt and i would ask them repeatedly when's the game when's the game tonight is it when is it? i just i wore it because i want to support the team you are a terrible person and they 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 would just shake their heads and walk away but I was wearing it because I'm a Jays fan now. This is what you've all brought me to now. I'm cheering for them. So there goes your future. <laughs> they will never win yeah. again. But the World Thanks, Series? Jeff. Yeah, the World starts Series. Starts when? Today? Today. For us, Tuesday? we're recording Tuesday morning. So uh, okay. I think it's the World Series that all of us wanted. Even Jays fans, deep inside their heart, mm. were thinking to themselves, you know... It would be kind of cool if the team that hasn't won it in whatever 60-something years played the team that hasn't won in 100-and-something years. So here you go. The good news is one of them is going to end a drought. The bad news is one of them is going to continue the drought. So maybe they can tie like the Seahawks. There was a... Co-World Series champions. There was a Babylon Bee article that said that... uh the Lord will return on Game Seven of the World Series. <laughs> totally, <laughs> just to rob both. That's right, fan it'll bases be tied. Of... It'll be tied three-three in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> and behold, he comes. The guy will hit hit it, and it'll go straight up, and people will wonder, "Oh, it's out!" And then the Lord will catch it in the middle of the air. 
That'd be great. <laughs> Let's pray that that happens. That'd be um, great. It would be. Um, you don't think Jesus got a sense of humor? That'd be great. For all eternity. <laughs> That'd be great. You could talk like, to, to They'll be like, did, okay, but did we win? <laughs> uh, hey, should we jump into these uh, questions here? Sure. What do you think? Someone emailed me saying, Greg, love the extended banter. Big fan of the extra banter. Well, I get, I've get i gotten emails of the opposite <laughs> <laughs> of hatred for the extended banter. All right, so this is really? the non-extended yeah. banter week. All right, away we go. This was the appropriate amount of banter. Okay, the same uh, listener who sent in the question about or the comment about the Blue Jays and wanting to know the office dynamics asked us, why is it that Tim Keller has had such a huge influence on many of the pastors at Northview? Because he's the fourth member of the quadrinity. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's so tall. Is he really tall? He is monstrous. Surprisingly, tall. like honestly, when you when you see him, uh, like on video or whatever, or or you hear him speak, you think, oh, this is probably just some, you know, like a guy so, like my height. Yeah, a little, little guy. And then you meet him, and he's he's got to be six four. He's a monster. He big dude. Yeah. Mm, so there's just little, a bit of a fear of the Lord in him. Little story though. Okay. That goes along with this. So I'm at the Gospel Coalition Conference. I've only gone a few times, but I went a number of years ago. The Gospel Coalition Conference in Chicago. And uh, wherever Tim Keller goes at this conference, he is mobbed by all these people, right? And so I'm like, oh, man. This guy's had a really huge impact in my life and ministry. And my sister-in-law attended his church when it was just a small church in Mm. New York City like he and he knows my sister-in-law, so I, I have this in, right? So if I go and I speak to him, if I mention her name, he'll know. Because she kept telling me, no, just mention my name. He knows me. Like, we've eaten together and we're friends. So I was like, okay. Well, so everyone's mobbing. So right before he went up to speak, okay, he was climbing the little stairs on the side of the thing. I went forward. No, you no. did Quickly. Yeah, I did. I went forward quickly and I stopped him on the stairs as, as everybody in the entire room was waiting for Tim Keller to speak. And I just said, Hey, I just wanted to thank you. You've had a big impact on my ministry. And my sister-in-law is Heidi Grant Murphy. And as soon as I said her name, he goes, Oh, Oh, wow. Cause she's a, she's a singer. She's an, she sings opera. And so in the early days of their church, she used to sing for the church and was very involved. And, um, he was, he stopped and he stepped down like a stair and he started, he, you know, it was an awkwardly long handshake. Do you know what I mean? Mostly cause I, I would, I didn't let go. So <laughs> I'm You're like a so, I mean, seriously I did. And so I, I was talking to him and there was this, uh, he started asking me questions and I asked, answered a couple of things about what she's doing now. And I said, oh, I just want to thank you. She used to send me your tapes in the mid nineties, right? Just. And uh, I listened to him when I was in New Zealand, driving around in a car in New Zealand. And honestly, I just I really appreciate it. You've helped me a lot in the ministry. And he's like, oh, it's really great. And uh, we talked seriously for about two or three minutes. And the entire room was getting, I think, like, like there's 6,000 people in the room. And they're getting They're kind waiting of, for yeah, him to come up on stage. Yeah, they're kind of getting frustrated with the fact that there's I could see this that. dude who's holding his hand too long. <laughs> and he can't get away. And then so Keller says, he looks at me and goes, well, um... Like, I have to go right now because I got to <laughs> point out to the audience. I got to, like, speak to this. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. He goes, no, no, no. It's great. Thank you so much for coming up. And really, really nice guy. Very, very kind. 
And then I turned around, and man, the stink eye, the oh, collective stink eye that 6, I received from these 6,000 gospel coalitioners, part, part of it was because they were like, you made me wait an extra two minutes. And the other part was like, oh, I should have gone up and shook his you hand can just and tell that? you can just go up and do that. You know, and so I kissed, I kissed the guns. You know what I mean? Of course. Because of course. I'm the man who's able to do that. And then I didn't wash my hand for like a week. <laughs> I want to, I want to bring in some, uh, hot, hot news here. Bishmu, our producer just sent me a text saying that Wikipedia has no information on Tim Keller's height. We should add that. That should be our contribution to Wikipedia. Bishmu, yeah. can you put on the Wikipedia page that we he's think he's tall, about six, four, he's a tall dude. That should be the line. And when I, you, when everyone goes to Tim Keller's Wikipedia page, you'll know who added he's a tall dude. <laughs> <laughs> Question okay, for this you. isn't answering the question. It's only just perpetuating the question, the reason yeah, for the question. Yeah, I was, and like, I was going to ask a question that's going to take us farther afield. So let's <laughs> let's stay focused. Yep, do it. Focus in. Tim Keller is a is wonderful because he uh, he's got good theology, he's got a heart for the lost, and he speaks to the modern culture in a way that is not um, is not mean spirited or harsh, and yet he remains faithful to what the scriptures have to teach about most things. Wouldn't you agree too that part of the appeal of Keller is that he's well read? Yeah, I think he's connected a lot of people to like uh, a lot of more of the early earlier church traditions, um, and he he recognizes the need to stand on the shoulders of those who come before us. But again, like I said, he mixes. I think unlike most people, he he mixes a desire for faithfulness to the scriptures and a desire for faithfulness and out in reaching the lost and speaking to them where they're at. He has a winsomeness about Very. his speaking. And, and that's the part, his ability to reason things through and help people. And he, and he strikes the right balance in a world where there's some people who are like, you know what, we need to make everything so palatable to the unbeliever that we're going to have to give away certain parts of the gospel. And other people who are like, we are never going to ever contextualize. I will stand and I will use my monotone voice in order to communicate and the spirit will do it all. Right. You get these you get a mixture in him where he's willing to do he's willing to do both. He's got a very interesting preaching style. Yeah. Uh, it's professorial. It, it very say. much is, but yet somehow it's very convicting too. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't really raise his voice nah, a whole lot at nah, all. Nah. You can when he gets excited, he sort of goes hmm, hmm, <laughs> and uh, but he's. You can tell. I mean, he's he's delight. He's delightful. I love listening to him preach. I think he's a wonderful communicator. So anyway, we've said a whole lot of good things about him. I do think it's a problem in the church, honestly. Whenever you raise anybody up to the level of being basically pope. And I think there are those who treat Tim Keller like whatever he says. I, I actually was. Just, I call them Christian gurus. So I'm a I'm a credo Baptist, which means that all of us are, all three of us are credo. We we believe that we should baptize believing uh, people. People. We believe that faith is the confessing. Well, we believe that faith is the requirement for for uh, the new covenant, right? Or the sign, and that bap- of one's membership in baptism the new is a sign of, of faith, right? And so as a result. Uh, we we link baptism in, in to creed credo right to one's belief, 
pay, he's a pedo Baptist, which means that he he baptizes babies. And Is he, he really? Yeah, there's a I whole lot of reasons. So anyway, I was talking to a guy who's a pastor of a church in our denomination. And our denomination, one of the things that you need to know about the denomination we're in is it's like one of the big things in our denomination. You can mess around with uh, the atonement theories. You can mess around with a whole lot of things about sexual ethics. You can mess around with like a myriad of other things in our denomination, but you cannot mess around with the, the baptism doctrine. That's what makes us distinct. One of them, right, is that we're Anabaptists. That's not to say that that's what Northview. No, does. but I'm just telling you that that's in our denomination. That tends to be the 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 spirit of it. And there's a guy who's a church planter in our denomination who was was bringing into membership people who who were not rebaptized, which is actually part of our doctrinal statement is you have to be like baptized as an adult in order to be, you know, based upon confession of faith in order to uh, be a member in one of our churches. And I brought this up in one of the meetings I was in. I was actually helping him do some leadership stuff. And I said, so you guys have this in your doctrinal statement? I don't understand. So your doctrinal statement says that you, you believe in credo baptism, but you're submit you're you're permitting people who be members of your church that's not who do, who totally disagree with your doctrinal statement at that point and he's like yeah i said so, uh that doesn't make sense to me and he said to me so you'd keep tim keller out of membership of your church and i said uh yes and this was like earth shattering what what which is just a story to show that there you know like there are some i disagree with tim keller on that yes and I, and and I'm a I believe in credo baptism. I think I've got good reasons, biblical reasons for that. And I grew up very much in the other camp. So there are things that Tim Keller teaches that I don't. To, I don't he's he's he leans um, toward toward um, theistic evolution. Although I don't, I wouldn't say that he holds that view. I think there are some who've tried to trumpet that his that's his view. There's a book you can buy actually called Engaging with Keller, and it's a book written very kindly by some of his fellow brothers in his denomination who have raised some questions about his doctrine of hell and his viewpoint on creation and some of the stuff that I'm pointing out here that who have said, yeah, actually, you know, instead of just taking Tim's words to be law, maybe the ways that he's understood sin, for example, as only idolatry has certain unintended consequences that might lead us away from what the Bible teaches Mm. in places. Mm. So that brings me to, that's my big point. I think for you guys too, right? I mean, the Bible becomes our source. That's right. And he's not the only guy that people treat that way. I've been around people who treat, um, you know, John Piper like if he's oh, yeah. the, like Kyle. If he, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle pledges allegiance each morning to yeah, he to wakes Piper. he wakes up and prays for the Lord to protect Piper. <laughs> here's God the, protect my wife and my kids and John Piper. And here's the challenge that I see to this where you get this into this Christian guru mentality mm. where people, and especially in the internet age, it is so easy to hear from a plethora of speakers, right? That they become the standard. So Jeff says something, you're like, hmm, I'm gonna have to see what Keller says about that. You know, right. because Keller is the standard instead of the Bible yeah. being the standard that, you know, Jeff's preaching from. I've read, I've read, I've gotten emails from people. Did you know that Piper disagrees with you? They'll say, uh, okay. right I'm not troubled by that completely I mean ultimately I'm not suggesting I'm right any more right than him but again there are places where I think Calvin Mm. was off base Mm. and I think there are places where Augustine was off base and by the way both those men are a like million times smarter Mm. 
than I am. But there are a couple places that I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm mm. not just not totally convinced by your, their exegesis about some things. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know. We, we, joy of being Protestant, I guess, is that you don't have the Pope. And I like that, just so you know, like uh, this Pope's not as good as some of the others, but I've really liked some of the Popes in the past. Uh, Benedict was actually pretty great. Wow. Why did I bring the Pope up? I don't know. My point yeah. is, I think my I point is I can saying. see something really positive even in the in in guys like the Pope, even if I you know, fundamentally disagree with him about other mm. stuff. And likewise, right. I can find something that to learn or to, to say, oh, I don't know about if with guys like Keller and others. Absolutely. So another, I mean, that that even was this this week, right? Like you uh, in our last sermon, you talked about you know, this, do you juxtapose Mother Teresa or Mother T, as you said, and, and Hitler, right? Mm. That doesn't mean I agree with everything that Mother Teresa, you know, taught. Right. It, you know, th- this is for those of you who heard the sermon, just saying this is often what we you know say is here's somebody who's really a good person. Yeah. Uh, another part of the question was: Is there anyone else knowing the dangers, knowing you know? the parameters that it's helpful to follow different teachers in. Is there anyone else out there right now who is influencing either of you guys in your... Lots of people. Andy, who's influencing you in your in your bald thinking? I know, right? In my bald thinking. I, I'm constantly being influenced by a variety of people. What, for one, I'll say this. One thing that I've learned over my few years as a Christian is that uh, whenever I'm being influenced by somebody, I tend to realize that they've probably been influenced by somebody, yeah. and I often want to know who were they influenced by. So yeah. one of the things I've done over the years is I've read the different people, like uh, George MacDonald, that influenced C.S. Lewis, yeah. for example. Or I would read Augustine or Aquinas or Anselm. Uh, and, and for me, one of the things that this does is you start to realize that Christianity has this mm. robust intellectual tradition mm. and that you may have your current guru that you appreciate, but you need to understand that they stand on the shoulders of many other men and women that were deep and profound thinkers. Mm. Uh, that, that, so, that, so that's one thing that I've done, because I find a lot of Christians these days, they read so much modern stuff, they have no idea the rich history that we have of, of past thinkers. Yeah. So Footno- first footnotes are a beautiful thing. They are. Footnotes in books are one of the, the best resources you can have to think, oh, maybe I should read that guy. Because guys like Keller or Piper or whoever quote them Lewis. positively and they're yeah. like, oh, you should really think about this. And then you look at who, where the source is. And Do you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to think though, is there somebody, I, I fully agree with what you guys are saying. I just, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anybody who have... Currently, I don't listen to that many good sermons now. I listen to all bad ones. Is that terrible? <laughs> is it just because you listen to? I, I tend to do the same thing. You just listen to Andy and my sermons. No, that hurts. No, that you no, mean? no. That's I a just little bit li- mean. Actually, he just listens to your sermons. Great. Um, <laughs> I know. I I actually listen to some some preachers in the U.S. and uh, mostly because I want to know what it is that they're saying and stuff like that. So I find myself listening to a lot a lot of the stuff. I think it's because I've got this sort of like. I'm one of these people who probably would stop and look at the train wreck. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm one of those uh, when we're driving by the, the accident on the side of the road, I slow down. I'm the reason that, I'm reason that your traffic stinks is because I'm like, whoa, what <laughs> happened here? And I get this really bizarre interest in, in train wreck kind of theology and stuff. So I want to see how it forms and stuff. Anyway, so I've been doing that. But there are a few. I mean, like I guess lately, uh, 
Do you know who I've been reading a little bit is James K. A. Smith, Jamie Smith. Hmm. He's yep. from Calvin College. He's great. I really enjoy a lot of what he does. I have this penchant for, um, for, uh, oh, what's his name? Mortification of spin now. Carl he's Truman. Carl Truman. He's hysterical. Um, mostly because he's a total curmudgeonly old dude, and he's not he's old. Not he's even like old. F- like three years older than me. Yeah. And oh, yeah, he just funny. seems like get off my lawn. Yeah, everything is awful. But I really enjoy reading him because he's a true realist, and he's also not afraid because he's British. He's not afraid to mm. to not be loved by the entire evangelical industrial machine do you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's fun so those two people have been influencing me a little bit i guess lately Mm. and a lot of really bad sermons nice Nice. virtually all of my reading has been in the area of michael polani and the surrounding scholarship there so you're writing a phd though about this so So that's kind of taken up all of my thinking and if you're a hockey fan from the early 2000s you might have thought that Andy just said Fernando Pisani, who was an Edmonton <laughs> Oiler checking line player, but played a decent role in the Oilers' run to the cup. They eventually lost to the Hurricanes. Not Fernando Pisani, Michael Polani. That's right. Yeah. Do you like that? You like that little bit of a you know hockey the, trivia that we got there, the early person, 2000s? I, I, I appreciate I it. I know of Michael Polani, but the other dude that you mentioned, I just don't know. If you're an Oiler fan. If he fan, came in here right now, you could be him. If you're, an, if you're an Oiler fan and you have a Fernando Pisani Edmonton Oilers jersey, can you bring it to the office to show Jeff that this guy's legit? Yep. If we will give Greg, you a Greg copy of, Gre- of uh, Greg's book. book. Do you, oh, wait, Greg, you don't do have you, a book. Do you know that we have people just unabashedly emailing the podcast now saying, give me a free copy of Andy's book? They're not, they're not waiting for competitions. They're just saying, you know what? I'm going to email in and say I want one. Because apparently we can just do that. So I'm not saying that we won't give it to you. Okay? If it, so here's so if we get a picture sent in or the real deal. No, I want like a jer- like if someone has a Fernando Pisani jersey to bring it into the office to show Jeff that this was a real hockey player. Yeah. That I don't what you know what that's not gonna, gonna require. Happen. No, that's what I'm gonna require because I think that you made him up. Yeah, good. Good. So there. Prove me right, Euler fans. Free book on the line. There we go. So glad that you give my books away, Greg. It's really appreciated. Hey, anytime. Uh, next question. Uh, this has to do with a little bit of the worship music thing we were oh, talking can about I, in the past. Can I just jump in here real quick? Sorry to do that no, to you. No, you can Greg. do whatever you want. Sorry. Okay. I wasn't listening to you anyways. Wow. I just I just wanted to interject something really quick here because I thought about this with Jeff's comment about when you were uh, heading up there to, to Keller you know, in, in doing your whole mm. thing. What, what would we, like, you're a groupie. Oh, totally. You're yeah. a groupie. Well, did you but, hear? But a clever one. I want that to go in record. I'll appreciate the clever. No, because like other groupies just follow them around. I didn't follow them around. I just, and they I just took go. my chance. <laughs> <laughs> I took my chance. Yeah. It's a little creepy, but I appreciate that. Did you hear, uh, apparently Justin Bieber had a concert this last week in the UK and midway through, he got so frustrated with the girls screaming at him. That he just walked off the stage. He just said, okay, that's it. Really? I've had, it. I've had enough of you loving me and screaming my it's name. It's so difficult. It's so for difficult. For you to be loving me this much. Yeah. For I, you to be screaming my I name. I can't work under these conditions. Okay, enough. I'm hey, out. Hey, Bishmu, how tall is Justin Bieber? We're comparing the two now between Keller and Bieber, so. Are you asking uh, 
Brian because he because he's he hangs out with him. Yeah. Brian was on Facebook. Just no, Brian. Brian has the internet on his machine. No, I think it's because I think it's because he and uh, he and um, he's Canadian. Yeah, so he must hang out. They're with friends. Him. But I'm waiting for that point in my pastoral career where I just can't preach because people keep screaming Steiger. Wow. And it's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. You're just going to turn. Everybody needs to stage. know that. That when that happens, Andy's just going to walk out. <laughs> so done. if you want I'm Andy. Done. I can't work in Like if you're conditions. done with Andy's wow. sermon at some point, just start screaming. <laughs> just start screaming. Oh, Andy, this is great. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and he's, he's out. That's I'm it. done. I'm done. Can't work in these conditions. Okay. Can I ask right. a real yeah, question? Sorry, or do you, you want to? I'm done. Thanks. Thank Anything you. else 18 minutes ago we talked about you want to bring up? No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Here's a question uh, about worship music in our church. Uh, oh, five foot nine, Brian Schmulen tells me about. That's about Justin the same Bieber. height as me. Really? Yeah, I got an inch on him. He's smaller than I thought he'd be. Tim Clark's bigger than I thought he'd be. There you go. Uh, the question is um, how or this person noticed that we sing songs at church that are authored by some people that we've labeled in the past as false teachers. Like Isaac Watts. Sorry. Is Isaac Watts a false no, teacher? No, do you know who Isaac Watts is? No. He's a hymn. Is that faithful? Yeah, he wrote hymns. Um, Charles Wesley. Wow, easy. Well, I'm kind of trying to answer the question. I get this question from time to time. I'm trying to answer the question. There's lots and lots of people who write hymns and other songs throughout the history of the church that we don't totally agree with all their theological convictions on. Mm. But the content of the song that they've written is uh, sound and wonderful and those sorts of things. Most people don't know the authors of songs. I know that sounds crazy. But That's most true. people don't know the authors of songs. We would not play the songs or if by playing them we were commending the person's entire work mm. and all their thinking. I don't think I, I would be surprised anyway if a lot of if a lot of people, because we sing a, a song by Stephen Furtick, or he's one of the co authors of um, I would be surprised if people think, Oh, they sing one Stephen Furtick song. That must mean that they agree with every bit of Isegetical nonsense that he spouts, which we don't. And if you want to know what isegetical nonsense is, just listen to Stephen Furtick. Isegesis means reading into something. Yeah, he actually just reads himself and Greg and you into everything. So, so the question is how the author then of the song doesn't that doesn't have a bearing on if the song should be played. No, or not. I, I'm making a distinction, I think between the, between songs and like books, for example, and the, maybe that's not, it's, maybe it's a bad one and people could write in and say something different. I just think you tie the author of a book to the content of the book very closely. I don't think we tie the authors of songs to the songs that closely. I don't think that you think there are some unintended consequences. There are some places, for example, where, you know, we, play, we sing a song by Jesus Culture and you might read somewhere, oh, Jesus Culture, they're part of uh, the church, Bill Johnson's church in Redding, California. Oh, I'm going to go find out what Bill Johnson says. Oh, my gosh. There's a bunch of stuff that he says that my church wouldn't agree with. Why are they singing his, the song from the worship? I, I can understand those connections. I, I can. I don't think that's quite... Maybe it's an arbitrary distinction for me. I just don't think it's quite the same thing. Yeah, part of and here's, here, I'll throw book. some thoughts out there. Uh, it seems to me that in the arts, particularly, there's a level of subjectiveness that makes it so that the the truth is, most of us when we'll sing songs, we contextualize it 
and and we're putting our own theological understanding on top of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think about we often sing that song, um, coming back to the heart of worship. Right? We don't we don't often sing it, but yes, and I think in the past, well, yes, yeah, in the past we would sing yeah. the song, but it was a it was a song written to a church that was going through a difficult time, right. from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, and it has nothing to do with our context. No, but, but when we sing, we sing forgiveness. In the song, right? Forgive us, Lord, for the thing we've made it. And you're thinking to yourself, have we made worship something different? There might be some church. Th- but, you know, some, a lot of what's written in that song is helpful. Matt Red, I think, who's that, Matt Redman? Yep, Matt Redman. I don't honestly know what Matt Redman believes about a lot of things. All right. And uh, I have no idea the context that, that he right. wrote the song I like in. It. I like the song, I guess. I mean, not a ton, but I like the song. There are some, I mean, but again, though, that if you want to go down this path, I, I I defy you to go and to learn the doctrinal convictions of every one of the hymn writers of your favorite hymns. And I spent some time actually with a musician on a trip once. He writes a lot of music and has been known for writing some famous stuff. And I was a little bit surprised after about two days of talking with him about theology and other things at how little I he and I would agree <laughs> on a number of things. And yet I, to this day... I, I'm, I, we sing, sing his songs about those things. I've just, yeah, there is a danger in it. I am willing to suggest that, right? Like if you go and listen to Hillsong, I don't want you to go and listen to Brian Houston and think that with Brian Houston, who's the pastor at Hillsong Australia, that what he has to say is true or Carl Lentz, who's Hillsong New York City. Hmm. Like, I don't want you to think, oh, well, we're essentially endorsing their entire and their entire doctrinal views. But some of the songs, honestly, that, that are sung by them, are great. Not those people, but some by Hillsong. I think that Hillsong United and some others have some really good songs. So what is the vetting process then for songs? Yeah, it's that content are based. Yeah. It's content based. Okay. Yeah. I don't think actually we would yeah, I don't know. There's a time for Jonathan to be here and say something outlandish so he can get blasted again. Yeah. But yeah, we have to wait on that. But listen, if you have a different viewpoint or you think that I'm we're being misguided in our distinctions you probably yeah you could we could continue to talk about this email an extract northview.org if you have questions about anything in general or anything that we've talked about so far one last question i want to get at because it is is that time of year again it's almost the end of october leaves are falling leaves are falling pumpkins are growing the pumpkins have all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray right and i've been for a walk on a well, it's an early winter's day. Mm. Uh, this email asked the question, is it okay to celebrate Halloween by taking your kids trick-or-treating, decorating your house and dressing up? Are there any scriptures that speak for or against this kind of practice? Yeah. Yeah, there's one Let's actually in, in Acts 32. It says, thou shalt go to thy neighbor's house and eat Twix. Mm. Mm. Only Which, by the way, is the best candy bar. You think so? Yeah, I can, come on. Let's, this is ridiculous. We don't even need to debate this, okay? It's I, either that I or Reese's res- Pieces. I can respect that. However, Rolos on oh. a cold winter's day yeah. is pretty tough to beat. Yeah, the the chocolate and uh, and caramel insides. Purdy, Purdy's has to go a wrong coconut cluster Oh, bite. don't do that to me. That's good stuff. So let me jump in here real quick. Are you allowed and, to eat that with your yeah. your, your savage that's digestion only, problems? That's the only thing you can yeah. eat. Yeah, that's actually... <laughs> it's on a, that's my are you breakfast on a coconut, plan. Are you on a coconut cluster diet? Yeah. <laughs> you should write a book. It's a cle- It's my coconut cluster cleanse. 
cleanse. Does anybody do a cleanse anymore? Yeah. Everything they do you not. Eat is a if cleanse, you eat Greg. only coconut clusters, it'll <laughs> clean your right out. <laughs> okay, so should we Okay, let, let me just say something permit, here. Should we endorse? Should we I, I want to I want to argue does going trick or treating mean that you are celebrating well, that's that's the Halloween. question. That's the question. I, I well, you are. That. You're doing it on the same day. The question is: Are you celebrating Halloween and its original intent, or are you that's celebrating Halloween and its modern cultural conviction? See, I think you can celebrate Christmas these days and not actually celebrate the birth of Jesus. Absolutely, I think that most people celebrate Christmas as a social, like cultural convention, and they're not celebrating the birth of Christ. I think likewise, I have the freedom to celebrate Halloween in the sense that I'm not celebrating All Hallows, All Hallows Eve. I can celebrate Reformation Day and dress up as, a, as Martin Luther and walk around. And if people want to give me candy at their door, I think that's great. By the way, Reformation Day is on the 31st of October. That's right. I unashamedly uh, take my kids trick-or-treating every year. How about instead and of just knocking on the door for candy, you pretend you're like Luther putting totally the theses on the door every time. Like a whole thing. But here's the thing. Why this, are you nailing on my door? One of the things that I actually really appreciate about Halloween uh, that doesn't happen with Christmas and, and other times, other holidays, is this is the one time of year that gets you knocking on your neighbor's door. Yeah, absolutely. You end up meeting kids from your neighborhood. And, and having them come to your door at, at the thing at their at, oh they man never, you better believe I make everything of this yeah opportunity. We, I usually stay at home and hand out the candy largely because I like to like say to the kids oh that's awesome I love your thing and their parents stand like sort of hel- helicoptering yep. into your in your driveway make sure they're not too creepy <clears throat> over there right <laughs> what are they <laughs> what are they doing with that candy yeah but I know I love that but the parents usually wave and whatever I do think in in some ways you do commend yourself to your neighbors mm. as somebody who is you know safe and part of the the team and you get to talk to him and, and meet it's him. not I, I, you're not pinching incense to caesar here this is not a place where you're worshiping the devil i don't worship the devil when somebody comes right. to my door and they're dressed in some sort of ghoulish outfit i usually make a point of saying holy smokes that's over the top right, right. there that right there with the blood and all that what is that <laughs> that's is that disturbing. ketchup <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's. I have this stuff. I bought it, and like the kids will tell you, yeah, whatever. This year, I bought a a costume for my dog. Oh my gosh! Which, just, I, I'm that guy. Just so you know, I'm excited about I, it. I don't think that we are. Mm-hmm. I want to make it clear, though. I'm not suggesting that if you choose to abstain from Halloween, you're sinning. No, of course I'm not, not saying you have every right to make that distinction. I do think this falls into a Christian a Christian liberty area. Mm. So if you want to celebrate Halloween, go for it. I think you should do it uh, with all the best intents for mission and for like getting to know your neighbors and hospitality. And I think you can do that faithfully. And I think you also, if you find that your conscience strikes you a bit, cause you're like, man, I don't know, a little too occultish and all that, then I would say, don't do it. Mm. One of the don't things that take your kids to the, there's a lot of churches I think around mm-hmm. that have, that have uh, like harvest parties and other people who will have parties at their houses where they'll hand out stuff to kids to go for it. Do that. This is one of the, uh, the other thing that I, that I try to make a point of with it is, is, is a great way to talk through these issues with your kids. Mm-hmm. How do you, this is, I think an important question that parents need to constantly think to themselves. How can I talk through these issues with my kids so that I help them to engage in their culture and to understand so that I'm talking to my kid and saying, listen, we're not going to dress up like, you know, 
Dracula or some evil thing that, you know, some demon or whatever, you know, and, and why we don't do that. Um, and, and how, you know, your, your kid wants to dress up in a, in a princess, you know, dress, uh, you know, that in, in, Walk around. I'm boys? okay with yeah, you have I boys, do, though, I, I don't do you? have boys. So I was okay, trying to that think might about be that. a little bit different. Yeah. So what? What do you, boys? So they dress up as you know pirates or whatever. Is that what they're doing be. this year? Well, my dog's dressing up as a pirate this year. Okay. And what? You need to not have a Halloween costume for your or dog. Batman. This is not. This is yeah, not. I actually think the Bible might say something about that. Like, I'm pretty excited I, about. No, it, actually. you. Sh- oh my god. I was pretty giddy as I was on the web looking through. By the way, you saw your dog clothes for your dog. Yeah. I want you to know that I it's saw your okay. dog Andy with your you? wife. Yeah, your wife was out in the uh, was running him in in one of the do- our local dog parks. Yes. Yeah, that is one ugly dog. You know what? That hurts. Jeff. Maybe the no. dog needs clothes. He's totally. My dog is adorable. No, he's for, not. For those of you he's who don't curly. know, my dog. Yeah, he is a labradoodle. Yeah, and which is like which jealousy is, for the dogs. I like to that ruins everything the about the lab and quickly say doodle. He's a lab. Okay, <laughs> here's a question for you guys. Candy corn. It's bad gross. candy or worst candy ever? Worst candy, candy ever. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. My wife likes candy corn. No, she doesn't. She does. I actually, every year, have to buy a little bit of candy corn uh, for her. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You guys. It's disgusting. You're dressing your it dog. She's eating little, candy corn. Well, it's almost they, as bad they as turned it into those little candy taffy. pumpkins, too. So it's not that used to be just the corn. And then someone thought, you know, this would even be better in the shape of a pumpkin. Mm. So now you can buy the little candy pumpkins. Same flavor. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. She also doesn't like Twizzlers. She thinks that they're oh evil. So she what likes the problem? candy corn and she doesn't How like the Twizzlers. How could she call herself a Canadian? No, well, she's, she's not. not. <laughs> well, there you go. She's not. She, but she Where's thinks, your wife? Oh, your wife's from Bellingham, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she mm-hmm. likes the, she she like will avoid those all. I love, the, I love the Twizzler. I'm not, I'm just going to come out and say it. I love the nib and I love the Twizzler. <laughs> Do you know my, okay, I don't know about you guys, but my, so my wife's Canadian and yep. she draws a, a clear distinction between Canadian Twizzlers and American Twizzlers. Oh, and is licorice there, is in the U.S. She, does, she thinks disgusting. No, nah, no, nah, red vines are good. Hmm. Uh, people people say that red vines aren't good in the U.S. Do you, you guys those red ropes too are pretty great in the U.S. Do you guys remember the intern Sean Hildebrand? I do. I do. He in high school he was not as tall as he is now. That's hard. To we believe. used to call him Nib. <laughs> in high school and now he's a full grown Twizzler now he's a large man I don't think they so have so if you're listening Nib dude I, for you. I ate when I drove Nibs to Saskatoon this summer I'm telling you now that that I uh, Pringles and Nibs honestly I felt near dead when I got there <laughs> but me and my my son ate Twizzler I made uh, ate Nibs and uh, can, and tortilla nacho cheese uh, Pringles can we end this podcast yeah, with we're saying done. what our favorite candy is? Twix. Sure. Would that be? Yeah. Is Twix. there Twix? Yeah. The coconut thing, I, I love coconut stuff. I, I really do. And in the States, that was Almond Joy or Mounds, right? One's got nuts. The other yeah. Mounds don't. But the uh, he, up here is Bounty Bar. People oftentimes will get Bounty Bar. I find them too sweet. I can't eat anything called Bounty. So the Twix bar weird. is the perfect candy. I like Snickers, but the Twix bar is just right. It's, you know, it's the only candy with a cookie crunch. So what I hear you saying is you really like the Twix bar. No, I think it's the perfect candy. (laughs) 
Uh, mine, unfortunately. No, no, there's no other answer here. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. And this one, unfortunately, is not sold in Canada, which saddens me. It's American only. Okay. Now and laters are. Oh, no. They are fashioned by the hands of God himself given to us. These are the hardest chewable candies that you can imagine. <laughs> they are. They like they get in your mouth and you highly chew them the whole day. Oh mm. man. And they make them in banana mm. flavor. I can't oh, get the them heck? faster than like, any person. Somebody, That's who in the okay. factory came up with that one? Oh, I know. We'll put it in banana. Do you remember they used to sell the good. really big thick ones that you could buy? Like you could like, go to the store and buy like uh-huh. sounds disgusting. Five cents. You're like, now and later. Oh, yeah. so good. Bit of an American Ooh. cultural thing, Greg. Greg has one candy bar because it's the only Greg, thing. He can no, is it Macintosh's toffee? <laughs> no, you know uh, I like an O. Henry. Yeah, good Canadian candy bar. And, Mr. Big is the best Canadian candy bar. And uh, I, I'm also a fan of the Reese's Pieces, but oh, yeah. honestly, the the, the Purdy's coconut cluster little mini thing. That's the one. If I'm gonna have one piece of chocolate, that's that's you, the one I get. This year, will you have one piece of chocolate, Greg? Yeah, this is the year of the chocolate. So candy doesn't affect you. Well, some of it, like Twix, has bread oh, in it. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Mr. Big has the bread in it. So there you go. Uh, if you, <laughs> you want a little bit of sadness in the voice there. I'm just trying to I'm trying to move on so that I don't cry on <laughs> air. Is this on air? Is that what this is called? Sure. Uh, Bishmu, thanks for producing. Uh, if you have questions and you want to send them into the Extra Podcast, you can do so by emailing extra at northview.org. We have a long list of questions to get to, but we will do our best to get through them. Until then, we will see you at church on the weekend. And now and later? Oh, dude, I love love the now and later, buddy. Can't get me enough of the now and later. Do you know what? Do you remember the Charleston Chew? Oh, do I? There is a shop just down the street. Just down the street.